Wes and Ted's Excellent Conversation, a podcast about teaching, learning, and anything else that pops into Wes and Ted's heads. Good morning. How are you? Uh, well, as you just saw, gosh, super frustrated trying to set up all the tech for this thing. I just, ah. I think, you know what? I, I really, I, I will say you are, you're allowed to have, we're all allowed to have a bad morning. I appreciate A bad that. day. I do appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, so, and, and you know your you know your good friends. By the way, sorry to interrupt you. No, no. You know your good friends when you can have a bad day in front of somebody else. <laughs> then you must be my good friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. No, Two it's a good friends. Thing. It's a good thing. I understand that you have some uh, some uh, free products that uh, you might want to share with some of our listeners. Is that true? You know, I do, Wes, and um, you know long-time listeners to the show might notice this is maybe the first time we've actually properly done any marketing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. No, we've done a little bit. I mean, we, we've shared some URLs before. I guess uh, that's true. That counts. And sure. I'm going to share another URL now, but um, yeah, so um, I teach SAT and ACT classes. That's my that's my thing. That's my um, area of expertise. And I, um, I've i got a free class that I would like to invite everyone to, to join. It's called the five-minute version. And basically it's uh, five minutes on each of the sections of the two uh, college admissions tests, the two major ones. So the SAT and the ACT. Um, come check it out at tutorted.com. And you'll, you'll see a, a free pop-up, um, a pop-up for a free class, I should say, um, after exactly 10 seconds on the website. Um, and Wes, I believe you have a course to share with us. I do. Uh, I actually have a couple different things. Um, at westcarroll.com, you can you can find some of this stuff, but I'll, I'll make it a little bit easier. If you go directly to um, uh, westcarroll.com slash puzzler, you will find uh, another podcast that I uh, did in the past and, and might resurrect here at some point, um, which is all about um, math problems that you can do without pencil and paper. And I've, I've gotten a lot of uh, f- listeners who've said that they enjoy doing it uh, around, the, around the, t- uh, the kitchen table with their kids. And that really warms my heart. It's a lovely thing there. And then uh, for those folks who are a little bit more serious about math competitions, uh, they can go to westcarroll.com slash AMC and, uh, and find some other things that they can do that will uh, sort of turbocharge those efforts. But, uh, you know, it, it's all at westcarroll.com as uh, everything else is at tutorted.com. Yeah. And yeah. AMC stands for American Math Competition. Oh, yeah. Is I probably should have mentioned that, huh? Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big math nerd. Um, in the same way that SAT and ACT, uh, you know, in general standardized tests is, is your bag. Um, mine is all about um, math competitions, um, which is another kind of standardized test. And, and like with you, there's, um, there's some content you need to learn. And there's also some, uh, some self-awareness and, and self-management skills that are, are really necessary to do well. And so uh, that's, that's the overlap between uh, what you do and what I do. And it's a, it's a big overlap, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I've got a, I've got a thought to share and then a question for yeah. you. Um, the, the thought, well, sort of a reflection. I, back in the day, I, that same test was called the ASME. We've probably talked about this at some point. AHSME, um, American High School Math Exam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I scored like 95 points as a sophomore and hundred points as a junior. And you know, that meant Whoa. you qualified for the next test. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, that's funny. So that, that was my mom's reaction too. Um, <laughs> she was a math teacher and I was like, and she was never surprised by my prowess. You know what I mean? Uh, except for that one time. And I was like, what the heck? Well, that was absolutely sort of like 
it, that was not an exceptional result for me. It was, you know, it was, it was exactly where I was supposed to be, okay. but that was the, that was the tops of my math skill. You know what I mean? I was not scoring 105 points. Um, yeah. and when I got to the six question follow-up test that Amy, yeah. A- 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 yeah, yeah. um, I, uh, I was lost, you know, I, I, I may have had an answer to like one question, but it was really hard. Can, so there, there is a, there, there's a cap to, to math intelligence. Oh, I, and, and sorry, what, let me just, okay. Can I, can I share one more? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I may, I, I hope I haven't shared this anecdote. I may okay. have, but it's still a good anecdote. Okay. Um, freshman year of college, I was in math 104 B. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is weird that I remember that exact, um, appellation, but, um, one of my roommates was in math 103. Another one was in math 201. So there were like three levels of math within my triple. Upstairs, okay. uh, Ben Summers was in math 211, I think it was. His neighbor, Gerald, was in math 217. So they were at two other levels. Oh, and, and okay, another the, guy. The, you remember the number of your freshman math class or whatever? Okay, that's something. But the fact that you remember your upstairs neighbor one room over, the, ma- the number of, you know. Anyway, go on. I, I just remembered the other kid too. There was another kid who was in math 101. Um, Jeez. And yeah, I know it's weird. <laughs> that was the, that was actually, the pecking order? Oh my word. So um, speaking of pecking orders, and forgive me if this is disappointing, but the Amy, the six question Amy that you mentioned, yeah, yeah. it's got 15 questions on it. Ooh. Yeah, I know. But that's the thing, right? It's hope- so hard. Like, and, and, and everybody does the same thing of like, look, I'm not looking at question 15. That's just crazy town, right? It's wow. like, you know, and they, and they get nuts. Like you look at some of those question they 15s must. and you're like, okay, high schoolers are going to answer this in a timed context. Are you kidding what? me? Like it's, I mean, it's super what? cool, but. That's that, that's the kind of the, the, the moral of this story too. So I, so Gerald was my friend who was oh, in yeah, math yeah. 217. Okay. I think he, it was, okay, sorry. Okay. This is crazy. I'm going to correct my numbers. <laughs> Brett. My roommate, <laughs> with whom I shared a bunk bed, he was in 217. Or so 211. And upstairs was in 217, and Gerald was in 234. Be honest. This is for um, posterity. Uh, yes. Okay, go on. Um, and I said to Gerald one time, I was like, wow, that's crazy. I was looking at his problem set. I was like, that's crazy. You know, you are, you know, you're so brilliant. And by the way, he's a, he is an actuary now, so he's a professional mathematician. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, and he said, you should meet Yuli. So there was another math student who was like, you know, dun, dun. head and shoulders above yeah. Gerald as a mathematician. I, I, f- I feel like I've shared that anecdote before, but- No, I don't think so. Like I said, it's-, it's I was just at a wedding on the East Coast this weekend um, uh, where I, I uh, was standing up for my college buddy. And uh, one, of the, one of the other people in attendance was um, the, the woman who lived across the hall from me. Oh my gosh, who got me through- some of the math classes. Uh, I, and it was just, it's, it's so, uh, fun to feel okay. You know, like my whole profession is to be good at this. And yet I think back to some of the people who helped me and it's just like, oh my gosh, I feel like such a moron next to these people. Um, but you know, it just goes to show you that, you know, if you've got the right mindset, it's like, well, yeah, you're not trying to be on top. You're just trying to do better. Like that's, that's the whole game right there. Um, yeah. and you know, so as we've discussed before, so much of our sort of cultural programming that we had to undo to become successful students and successful teachers, right. Is around, Oh, being the best. It's like, no, it's not about being the best. It's about doing the best you can in the moment. That's all you have. And just keep doing that, you know, again and again. Anyway, I'm preaching to the choir. No, right but that's that. Well, that's, that's a math lesson, but that's a life. Oh, lesson. of course. I mean, that's, yeah. Uh, so I have a question for yeah. you. What is the, um, 
can you point to like the specifics? I, I don't I don't doubt that they exist. Sure. I just want to know what they are. What are the specific benefits of working on kind of like puzzler problems? Like, well, what do you what do you see? What do you what do you think students get out of that? Well, you know what? <clears throat> uh, I think I'm going to answer that from my own sort of my own point of view. Like, I've I've seen a lot of this stuff, but um, I'm ju I'm just going to tell you why I started doing it and why you know what I got out of it. I think that the biggest thing is that to this day, when I look at a difficult problem, and I don't just mean math problem, I mean an anything problem, right? A business problem, an interpersonal problem, or whatever. Like I, ha I, I routinely have that moment of anxiety, right? Like I, I, I actually have a physical reaction mm -hmm. to being confronted with something that I'm not sure I can solve. And um, the, the thing that I've gotten out of all these math competitions is I recognize that feeling, right? I observe it for what it is. And I have a, like, I have a playbook that I can pull from to try to grapple with it. You know, um, <laughs> I, I often joke that, you know, that the tutoring and coaching done right looks a lot like therapy. And that that's why, right? Like what I'm describing mm -hmm. is a psychological benefit. Um, but you know, that there's just a huge crossover there. So, um, you know, I, I just got done saying that that some of the people, you know, that I went to school with make me look like a moron, but but I'm going to turn it around and say, because of the playbook, I can punch above my weight, okay? Um, and, and we've we've talked before about the difference between, you know, how big, is an, how big is your mental engine and how good a driver are you? Well, you know, however big my mental engine is, I'm, I'm a pretty good driver at this point. You know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of driving and I've, I've, I've gotten a lot of coaching on how to drive well. And as a result, again, I can punch above my weight. I can, I can look at a problem and say, okay, there's a lot of me that says I have no business even confronting this problem. And yet I know deep in my bones, I'm going to crack this and, uh, and I'm going to crack it in short order. I, I don't yet know how, but it'll be fine. And boy, you know, what a life skill. We're going to get yeah, you are amazing. I mean, and and I've got I've got thoughts. We're, we we will, I promise, listener, get to the topic. We always do. But um, that you know, this is this is so interesting. I um, I'm thinking about musicians. I'm thinking about um, you know, talent versus practice and like discipline and execution, mm -hmm. right? And the the only goal is execution. The only goal is to deliver the music. Yeah. And so how that comes out and how that sounds is ultimately the most important thing. But I think that for some reason, you and I, I th and, and a lot of other people too, but I think we focus on talent first. Mm -hmm. You know, that there's this sort of like um, standard of like, you know, starting point basically that helps you evaluate a person, you know, that when you, that if you're of a certain, you know, caliber, then you're worth a certain amount. Now, when it comes to music, talent is important. And talent basically tells you, um, you know, w one way of thinking of it is how many different things can you do at the same time? You know, can you basically stay in pitch, maintain rhythm, have feel, uh, communicate, um, have dynamics, you know, follow a, follow a conductor, be independent, all these different things. And a really good musician can do all of those things in sort of a masterful way, but you can also practice your way towards becoming that. And if you don't practice as a musician, you will not get to that level. I mean, unless you're just like, you know, freakishly good, but even if you're freakishly good, practice helps. So I think that like, I think we ought to, you know, up our, up our mental take on the value of 
you know, diligence and craftsmanship that lead us to becoming the, you know, kind of math performers that we are. Like, I, I hear you just in a very subtle way belittling the fact that you've actually learned how to become a problem solver. It's like, who cares? Who cares? Can you solve the problem? Amazing. That's the, that's the key. So anyway, I, it's, that's, a, that's a new revelation for me. And I, I think it's, I know for a fact, actually, it's more adaptive to think that way. Oh, goodness, yes. Um, because if, you know, because if you have, you either have talent or you don't. But discipline, you can, you can build and you can have it today and you can have it tomorrow. You can have it whenever you want to have it. So, um, and it can make you better. Well, let me, let me give you a mental model that you may disagree with, but I'm going to, I, I stand ready to defend it, I think. Although, you know, we'll see. Um, here, here's the mental model. Um, so everything that you're good at, you've learned to be good at. You're not born good at anything. Ask any baby. Um, and what mm. we think of as talent, I think is a multiplier on your practice efforts. If you have talent in an area, what it means is that a given, you know, an hour of dedication to this thing will give you what it would take someone else an hour and 10 minutes to learn or whatever, whatever the value of the multiplier is. And, okay. and I want to suggest that that multiplier is actually not all that large. Um, it's not you get in an hour what someone else takes three. I, I really do think it's like an hour and 10 minutes. And, and the reason that mm. such a small difference can make such a big difference over time is that if you are, if you happen to be slightly better at taking on knowledge in a particular area, then it will feel slightly easier for you. You'll get a little bit more praise. You'll get more dopamine, whatever. You'll be more inclined to do more of it. You'll be more inclined to get the coaching resources. I mean, you know, we've seen this in a lot of books and obviously in, in just regular life, uh, the data bears this out. And so what tends to happen is there's this, um, uh, not flywheel, but ratchet, right? You, you know, uh, a little success leads to a little more success leads to a little more success. Um, it's it's the um, the accumulation of small wins that lead to the outsized results. Like I have no doubt that Mozart was better, right, at learning musical things. But like you start as early as he did with the resources that he had surrounded by expert musicians as he was with a great deal of focus, you know, and it's not a surprise that, you know, at age six, you seem like a prodigy. It's like, well, he had an amount of practice at age six that's the equivalent of what I probably had at age, I don't know, 25. I, I mean, maybe, you know, or maybe I've never practiced as much as Mozart did by the time he was age, whatever it may be, right? Um, and, and I would argue that um, there's something to be said for the value of understanding the mechanism or the mechanisms by which someone can do in an hour what it takes someone else an hour five to do mm. so that you can, you know, and that's sort of the metacognitive and the meta learning skills, right? You and I both have some inkling how to approach a new thing. Like I am not, I, I am not at all good at, you know, golf or whatever, but I, I bet I could learn to be decent at golf faster than the average bear just because I, I know what the learning curve is supposed to look like. Like, I, I know if I'm sitting in front yeah. of the ball with a coach or whatever, like, I know why the coach is saying what the coach is saying. I know what it's supposed to feel like when I'm in the right place in the learning curve. Like, all those little things, they add up, I would say. I, I, I love the point of view. I, 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 love, I love a strong point of view in general, and that's, that's a fun one. I definitely disagree. Awesome, um, yes. <laughs> let's get into it, baby. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, hmm. I, okay, <laughs> I had this professor in college, uh, he was teaching a Shakespeare class and we were talking about the fact that Shakespeare wrote his four great tragedies in like five years. Um, okay. So, uh, 
Hamlet, the Scottish play, King Lear, and um, what's the other one? Othello. Okay. Um, and he, he was telling a story about how uh, Faulkner wrote his four great books in seven years. And one of his students said, and, and don't make me say what they are. Well, let's try it. Let's try Faulkner's? It. Oh, gosh. Yeah. A Light in August, um, Absalom, Absalom, um, uh, The Sound of the Fury, and what's the funeral one? I, I've, I've heard of some of the ones you've named so far. Like, I'm not your guy to help <laughs> as, you with as the I fourth one. Oh, as, okay, great, as, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. This is why this is the this is why this is the Jeopardy category yeah. I needed but didn't get. <gasps> um, I know it's fine, it's fine. And then U.S. history pops up as the the final Jeopardy yeah, category. Of course. Anyway, I'm not bitter. Um, <laughs> the uh, did you, did you do it with give Alex? Me a, give me a freaking sports. Yeah, you did. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Oh gosh. I know. I know. It is pretty sweet. God. Rest in peace, Alex. Alex. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. What a what a giant. Anyway, so this uh, this this professor said. Uh, yeah. The, the 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 student's comment was you know, Faulkner wrote those four books in seven years. I mean, it would take me 10 years to write one of those books. <laughs> and the point is, you know, the, you know, there is no punchline. That is the punchline because the point is the student could never write that book. And yeah. the reason that student could never write that book is that they're not Faulkner. And what's the difference? What's the difference between this student who went to Princeton and is probably pretty smart and Faulkner? And the answer is talent, you know, style, um, even if you had Faulkner's style, even if you could imitate it, you still couldn't do Faulkner. Well, now hang on a second, hang on a second. So there's, um, let's be a little more specific about the 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 goal in this story, right? Is is the mm-hmm. goal, well, I mean, obviously if the goal is simply to copy Faulkner's work word for word, even I could do that. Well, that, that's not the goal. Uh, that's not obviously the goal. It's, it's not. It's, it's, it's to write a book as good as Faulkner, yeah. Sure, and, uh, and it's not Faulkner's. to write a book as good as Faulkner's book, um, in the time that Faulkner wrote his book, it's to write it today, right? Sure. Um, it's a subjective, well, all right, let's just assume that- we, Kinda, kinda. Yeah, all right. I don't know. Yeah, it's not completely yeah. subjective. Like, Somewhat. He's a, yeah, he's exactly. a good writer, yeah. you know, objectively. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> and yeah, good Good might be an understatement, but yes, fair enough. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's, I didn't mean to undercut Faulkner's excellence. Um, so is, is there something to be said for the idea that what Faulkner had to say resonated with his age in a way that if you want to do the same thing today, there has to be an element of luck because you may or may not happen to be the person in the context with even a chance of pulling that out of yourself. I, I mean, I, I genuinely don't know, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's yeah, that's, it's, it's a good question. Um, I, I, I like the, I like the nature of the disagreement. It's, it's, yeah. it's like tickling, tickling me, even though I'm, even though I'm sure I'm right. Um, no, I'm just I'm just messing with you. Well, no, I, I mean I, I have I, to be right. I, like you say, strong point of view. I prefer for you to yeah. to know that you're right, right? Um, and I would like yeah, to right. continue to debate this, particularly because I don't think it's going to end with one of us convincing the other. I think it's going to end with us looking more carefully at, okay, what is talent? How does this whole thing right. work? Because we spend a lot of time thinking about that, right? We we have yeah. seen literally thousands of students individually is uh, to say nothing of between us. And yeah. we have, we have a pretty good mental database, each of us, I think of, yeah. you know, so many students that it might count as data instead of anecdotes on some level, right? We, yeah. We've seen a broad range and we have our own mental frameworks that have been challenged over the years by these, these various students. And, um, 
and both of us are in the business of moving the needle. Like both of us are in the business. Mm, exactly. Of, and, the, and, and and this is important. The needle can be moved. Right. That's really important. Yeah. 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 So you know. uh, it's clear that we can agree that, okay, you know, you know, uh, whatever, whether talent is immutable or not or whatever, like the end result of being able to write, you know, the end result of reaching a goal. Okay. I may not be able to turn you into Faulkner, but I can get you closer is kind of the, that's the punchline. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is like the, just the world's most random example coming out of that. But uh, um, we play uh, beanbag toss, aka cornhole, at my uh, parents' cabin. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I was never. I, I have like okay fine motor skills. They're not, you know, like probably fiftieth percentile. Okay. You know what I mean? Like right in the middle. Um, n- not exceptional, but not terrible either. Okay. Um, my nephew Van, he's got really high level fine motor skills and his dad does too. And his, his mom does too, my sister. Yep. Um, and so we will play the game and as a, you know, 12 year old, he's landing shots and, and kind of playing in a way that's like pretty darn good for that age. Um, I've gotten good at it too, but like he, he has a natural instinct for it. We've played ping pong and more quickly than I ever did, he's hitting it with spin. You know, like he understands his brain gets the physics of that and basically says like, oh yeah, if I hit it this way, you know, I'm going to get this different spin and that might be useful. You know what? So, I, it's, it's just, yeah. I hear you and, and it's interesting because I'm confident that that story supports each of our individual conflicting arguments, mm-hmm. right? Like uh-huh. I get that from your point of view, that makes your argument look right. And from my point of view, um, it, it's software, not hardware. And the I would say, and this is this is sort of article of faith, right? So, you know, whatever. Um, but I would say that the reason that it looks like talent in his case and that you can't acquire it is that you and I, and possibly no one, knows what he's really doing such that we could teach it to another person. Mm-hmm, like the, the mm-hmm, whole, yeah. like the whole point of these standardized tests at least at, at one point, if not currently, mm. was to measure something that was innate. I mean, we've talked about this before, back, was, back right, when, yeah. you know, in their, in their history, the SAT was an aptitude test at its core, right? Mm-hmm. That was its goal anyway, maybe yeah. no longer, but, and it was trying to measure something that couldn't be changed. And, yeah. you know, an industry appeared around it that demonstrated it could be changed. And the test has, has evolved, I think, in part in response. And- it's funny that aptitude is a dirty word now, you know, um, you, you don't, we, we never, we, I never hear anyone talk about it. Anyone who's credible talk about aptitude. Well, I mean, you know, uh, as I've said before, there's a degree to which bright is bright, but it, it's, it's not. A, that's tough. Do you, do you, well, but that's funny because that bright is bright is kind of the opposite of your, what you're saying right now, right? It, it is. Bright, bright is bright is hardware, not software. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I think that there are, there are, you know, People are driving, to use the analogy, right? There are a lot of drivers out there and they're not all driving the same car, right? There are bigger and smaller engines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the reason I think that aptitude is, is, has become something of a dirty word is, is not, not to make the factual claim that differences there don't exist, but rather to shine a spotlight on the fact that focusing on differences does no one any good, focusing on the parts that that are mutable is the only way we're going to generate people who are on the streets doing better work driving, right? Like, right, right. It, 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 um, like even if it's 90% hardware and 10% software, 
Focus on improving the software because that's the part you have access to. Now, I've said before, you actually can change the hardware to some degree, but I'm not going to sit here and say that that hardware is completely mutable. I mean, that's why the word talent exists in the first place. And it, to that degree, I agree with you for sure. But um, but to say, you know, you're fixed in time, of course, that's not true. It's just a question of how much is mutable. And, uh, oh gosh, I'm thinking of my, of my uh, good friend, um, my, I'll, I'll name drop uh, Mike Mendike, uh, a former bandmate of mine. Um, interesting guy. And he's, he's the first guy I, I like identified in him after knowing him pretty closely for a long time, that he's simply good at getting good at stuff. <laughs> like he's not like, he, great skill. He, yeah, I mean, he, like he, he does not present as inherently talented at particular stuff. It's just that when he jumps into a thing, he gets good at it faster, you know? And mm-hmm. it's just like the first time, like the first few times I saw him do it, it was just like, that's a spooky power. But as I, as I observed more and more, it's like, oh, there's something there. And I think that's a big part of why I adopted this mindset that like, oh no, there's, you know, um, what, what's going on in there is more mutable than we give it credit for, because I, I really don't think that it's an inborn talent that he has. I think it's something he's acquired. And again, article of faith, like, yeah, yeah no, Wait, I know. So, 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 so sorry. So his ability to get better at things, that's something that he's developed over time too. He's a real smart you know I mean? guy. Um, exactly. No, that's what I'm saying, but that's what I'm saying, right? It's like, if he's a really smart guy, isn't that the, you know, isn't that the talent? Uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep going down the rabbit hole on this one. Let's, um, yeah. Uh, which and, and and it's it's an interesting topic, but um, I, I'm not sure I'm not sure we're moving forward, just exploring, you know, <laughs> well, sort of but, circling like, around the 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 drain hole. The the, the purported topic of today, right, is yeah. is, is about learning. Imagine that we're doing an education podcast, or at least uh, purportedly, <laughs> um, uh, talking about. I want to. Yeah, go ahead. If you don't mind, I want to kick it off just because it's it's, it's such a specific. Yeah, yeah. The, my, my my reference point for this is so specific, yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm really I'm actually really glad to exercise the. Uh, this particular note from our, our sort of like podcast planning sheet. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Um, we have this, we have this, you know, shared Google doc and there's been this comment that's been living on it ever since the beginning. And I didn't type it. Um, you didn't. And I don't, I definitely did not type it. No, <gasps> really? There's, there's no, I was totally well, sure that did, you had. That's, oh, that's funny. Oh my God. That's even, well, how did it get in there? I don't know. That's funny. Cause I, it doesn't make any, GD sense to me. <laughs> I mean, now it now it does. But like, now I, I love it still, even more. I, I, go on, go on. <laughs> there's this comment on there, and it's been on there since the beginning, and it says, awesome. "Plato scratched things in the dirt." Gosh, that's interesting. Maybe I did type it, but I didn't. I didn't say it, but maybe I typed it. Um, it doesn't make. It, it, for a long time, it didn't make a lick of sense to me, and it was, or, or or really what it. The problem was it didn't strike me as the the you know, genesis of an episode. It was like, Uh okay. And, um, so anyway, I'm really, really glad to be moving on beyond it. Uh At some point the spreadsheet will scroll up and I won't be able to see it anymore. And I'm really looking forward to that day. It's not going to be today. It won't be for probably another five or six episodes. And I'm going to have to live with that. Depending on your screen settings. (laughs) We, that's true. Right. Exactly. I might make a really, really, really narrow window. Um, so yeah, but we're 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 getting there, you know. We, we we're, we're kind of passing the tipping point here. Um, but maybe you could start. Maybe you could explain what the the quote. Well, uh, yeah, there's, there's things a, in the dirt means. Like I've never really like I've I always have to look at the next cell over and read what I'm going to read aloud here. The teacher of all teachers worked in person mm. and by scratching things in the dirt with a stick. No one could argue that this approach didn't work. What's different now? What do we need to retain from that model? Like Mm -hmm. to me, it's like, I mean, it's just like, pull it back to the beginning. I mean, you know, 
where's the beginning, but Plato's a pretty good choice. Um, and, and we've we've said many times before that teaching one-on-one, I mean, that's just an enormous advantage if you're trying to help someone improve at something. Oh, could we, um, mm-hmm. would it be fair to, to distinguish between the, the business of trying to um, uh, fill someone with knowledge, um, help someone acquire skills, and um, um, maybe that's the distinction. Um, or, uh, well, I, I'm, trying to dis- I'm trying to sort of parse out sort of teaching versus tutoring versus coaching, but maybe that's going even too far down that, that particular rabbit hole. Well, that, co- talking about coaching would be interesting. I, I just had someone ask me yesterday, you know, do you know about coaching? And it's like, I mean, not formally, kinda, you know, I know, I know what coaching, I know what that word means, but, um, yeah, I mean, for a long time as a, as a marketer of tutoring, I've been trying to sort of put a name, put a label to the things that we do, you know what I mean? The, you know, what, what, you know, what the kind of contributing factors are. Well, and yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no. And, uh, if it were, if, if it were purely a knowledge acquisition game, I don't think that we would have, you know, sort of lifetime businesses doing this. Right. No, I think you're right. Um, I, so, so yeah, there, there's, there's, there's more than just knowledge to it, but I, you know, is, is it just knowledge and, and skill acquisition? Is that, you know, does that cover everything? Well, I heard an analogy the other day that, that worked for me. Uh, I'll share it with you and we'll see if it, if it lands for you. Um, let's, uh, I was mentioning golf before. Let's say I'm trying to learn golf. Okay. And, um, I'm no, no good at it. Never done it, whatever. So it, it seems to me one of the things I could do, uh, is I could watch a bunch of YouTube videos and to me, that analogizes to teaching. Like there's a lot of good content on YouTube. I mean, you know, no one's going to argue otherwise. And if I see something that's not going to help me, I can figure it out pretty fast and move to another one and so on. So I think I could probably, I don't want to say that I could become a great golfer by watching YouTube, but I could learn enough stuff from watching YouTube that I could then go out and pick up a golf club and have a better outcome than if, than if I hadn't watched the videos. Okay. And um, I would say that tutoring then is doing the same thing, except doing it with your buddy sitting next to you and your buddy already knows how to play. Like your buddy's already pretty good. Right. So you, right. then your buddy is telling you like, oh, this one's no good or pay attention to this piece or, you know, sort of highlight. So there's this sort of expert eye view on what you're doing. And in effect, it, it, it supercharges your ability to get value out of the content that you're consuming. Mm, supercharges. That's nice. <clears throat> right. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then I would frame coaching as, right. Um, that's probably, I'm standing there holding a club and there's someone watching me do it. And they're saying, okay, what I want you to do is I want you to straighten out your left elbow, which sounds like it's coming out of the blue for me. It's like, what do you mean straighten my leg? He's like, okay, you know, hold it like this. Now try it. I'm like, well, that's super awkward. And he's like, well, yeah, but you just hit it 30 more yards and straighter. You know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, um, so for me, the, the, the coaching, the tutoring is about, it's augmenting the knowledge and skill acquisition process. And coaching is about just having an experience base where you can watch someone in the middle of that process and identify quickly, um, this is the bottleneck and here is a method for resolving that bottleneck. Hmm. Yeah, God, that's interesting. I, I, have a, I, I have a kind of comparable model to that, um, that I, I actually wrote this down a, a few minutes ago thinking this might actually be the topic for an entire episode, maybe it will be. Um, <coughs> Pardon me. Is, that's right. Uh, the um, the difference between coaching again, I, I guess is that called coaching, um, and therapy. Oh, so yeah, this be good. Like, yeah, actually, so it's it's, it's called life coaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, therapists don't 
most therapists don't give advice. And when they're trained, you know, at sort of these reputable schools, they, they, they do a lot of things besides give advice. Mm-hmm. Um, they listen carefully, they share positive regard, um, and they just observe and they ask questions. And then it's, it's uh, you know, the journey's happening on the client side. A life coach would say, hey, did you put in, you know, did you send out those resumes this week? You know, or did you consider, you know, going back to school to get this other degree? I, you know, so I've never been in life coaching, so I'm making this up. Okay. Um, but it's a little bit more specific and directive. Um, whereas therapy is a little bit more, you know, it's like not quite totally self-guided, um, but there is some, I don't know, some like the, the individual leads, um, and, 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 and needs to. And I wonder if, is, is that some of the difference there? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you think, do you think tutors are, are like therapists? Well, I definitely think, uh, good tutors are like therapists, but, um, t- to engage with your example. So, um, I have a therapist and I have a coach. Uh, he doesn't call himself a life coach. Uh, so more of a business coach, well, he's a coach. Um, and that distinction doesn't describe the difference between what I get from the two of them for me. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like um, part of how I pick the therapist that I'm working with is that she's willing to dispense advice. Um, you know, I, I mean, I picked someone who's in a good position to give advice, right? And while that may not be her go-to thing, she'll, you know, like I routinely ask and she will provide some advice and so on. Um, and indeed the same is true of my coach in the sense that like his, uh, his notion is, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to hold space and I'm going to, you know, hold you accountable and all this kind of good stuff. But he's, he's also really bright guy, lots of experience and, um, relevant experience indeed. And he's thought deeply about it. And so oftentimes, you know, um, well, I, I guess what I'll say is what they have in common, right. Is that, that I'll say some stuff and then I'll just listen very carefully to how and how, how they react and what they say in response. <clears throat> because what I'm really doing is I'm putting them in my situation, finding out how they would respond to that situation and observing the difference between their reactions and mine or their responses mm-hmm. and mine, right? Hoping mm-hmm. that I'll gain something good out of that. And I mean, that's, that's happened over and over. I, and so like a, a big difference there is that, you know, what I'll talk to a therapist about the sort of the, the, the region of my life, right? Versus what I'll talk to a coach about are different. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm, you know, it's not that I, it's not that I wouldn't talk about blah, blah, blah to blah, you know, it's, it's not segregated in that way. It's just that I'm trying to play to their individual expertises, right? And do you, do you look for someone who is um, specifically a good model for you? You know what I mean? Like, of course, as you get started. Yeah. Oh, so gosh, so yeah. like, what, what are the, what are the characteristics that you, you'd say, you know, the, these are the things that I need to see in that person before I start working with them? Well, there's the, uh, there, I mean, there's some obvious stuff. Like I just need to feel like I have good rapport with them, but okay. a big part is they need to be thinky, you know, mm-hmm. like I, um, I, I reflect a lot, you know, um, which can be a strength and a weakness, obviously. Um, but like I, I'm, I'm best working with someone who has not only experienced something at least somewhat analogous to whatever it is that I'm grappling with, but who has then spent some time sort of thinking about it. Because when you talk to me, part of what you're, part of what you're getting is not just the person I am in this moment, but the product of all the reflecting I've done. And I don't like, God, that, that probably didn't come out the way I wanted to come out. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I, I tend towards, um, uh, is, is, is neuroticism the trait? I don't want to suggest that I'm neurotic. I'm not yeah. even sure I know the sort of technical definition there, but like, you know, that business of, I I know yeah, it. yeah, exactly. I, I tend towards being sort of an, an anxious person, you know, um, uh, um, 
temperamentally, right? And while I'm not, you know, I don't go through life sort of, you know, being a nervous person per se, right? There's clearly some mechanisms inside me that sort of just reflexively do that if I'm not checking them. And mm -hmm. as a result, like when stuff happens, I tend to, you know, there's a little bit of a hall of mirrors inside myself where I'm trying to look at it from every angle. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that, by the way, that is the definition of, of neuroticism. Oh. What was that? There's a self-help book, The mm. Road Less Traveled, I think. Mm. Um, and the base, basically the neurotic person, um, according to the author, um, <clears throat> blames what's wrong with the world on themselves. Um, oh. you know, looks around and is basically saying like, what, you know, what am I doing to cause this situation to exist? Whereas the narcissist is, what is everybody else around me doing to cause this world to be the way it is? Oh. Um, and the I, sort of initial point is that the neurotic, <laughs> that neither one of them is necessarily right, but the neurotic is easier to help because they have, <laughs> they, they they have the ability agency. to change anything. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, that, yeah. that doesn't, uh, so I, I don't think that term then is the one that I wanted to, cause that it's, it's not about the, you know, the causation or anything of that sort. It's just that I'm, mm -hmm. I'm it's just that I'm constantly on the lookout for causation. It's not that I tend towards blaming other people, blaming myself, whatever. It's just that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to answer that question constantly, even though I'm generally thwarted. Right. Um, <clears throat> I would say, I would say you, you tend to blame yourself though. I mean, oh, I don't really? know. I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah. And, and, right. and see yourself as having, having agency, which is that, I don't know. I mean, I, that, that strikes me as an an intelligent quality. I don't know. I, I, I like that quality. But see, so, here's the thing, right? For what it's worth. Here we're talking mm -hmm. about tutoring and coaching, and that's a topic that feels to me like sort of a therapy thing, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you made the comment. I'm glad that we're talking about it. And, and the, the reason that it seems super germane to me is that you, you can't silo these things completely. Like if you're talking about the trouble you're having preparing for the ACT, if you're talking about the trouble you're having in algebra class, like mm -hmm. there is a degree to which you're talking about a thing that happened to you in fifth grade. I mean, mm -hmm. like, I, you know, I don't mean to be overblown about it, but like it's, it really is all connected. Now, <clears throat> an important caveat here is that it's not our explicit role to go, you know, talking about one's family dynamics when we're trying to teach them a particular skill, nor would we ever, I mean, that's not our thing, obviously. Um, and so, so mm -hmm. an important <laughs> difference between therapist, tutor, coach, right, is, is the explicit role. Like, you know, what's in bounds and what's out of bounds, right? Mm -hmm. And of course it's, it's uh, th those, those walls are much more, uh, much less permeable for us because, you know, we routinely work with minors, right? Like it's not okay for, uh, like there's, you know, you can't, like you're, you're gonna stay in your lane and you're gonna talk about what you're gonna talk about, but, but you still have some sense of intuition about where a student is bumping up against something that's difficult for them that hasn't been difficult for many other students that appear to fall into a category that they share, you know, and, um, and again, right, you, you do this long enough and you have a, you have a playbook, you have a, a set of tools that you can try to apply and you have an intuition that, you know, maybe if we came at it from this angle, right, we'd have success where other people haven't. Um, anyway. Yeah. You know, that makes perfect sense to me. I mean, I, I would say I do reach, reach sometimes and, and I don't specifically, you know, I, I, I never have as my mission. I want to change this family's <laughs> dynamics. <laughs> you know? So far out of bounds. Yeah, no, totally. Well, I know, <clears throat> but, but it's funny because I, because I think I do it anyway, sometimes, you know, in, in, well, in well, sure. But I mean, that's, that's the difference. That's ways. the difference. That's the difference between a therapist who's hired to do it and a friend who's there to help who does some good. Like there's a world of difference right. between those two, even if the effect, you know, winds up being the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I, I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've never been hired specifically to do no, that. No, of course but I've not. I've done it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, I'm, yeah. it, it's, I'm, 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 I'm hemming and hawing here because I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm hoping and trusting that the listener, you know, gets that we, um, you know, we're not trying to be bulls in a china shop here, and that we're, we're, we work very hard to be sensitive to. Uh, again, not, you know, not, not crossing lines that we ought not cross. And at the same time, oh, yeah. we are hired to help these people. And if the thing that's getting in their way, you know, is, is sort of psychological in nature, then, you know, it's, yeah. it's certainly our mission to find sort of tutor appropriate ways to help them yeah. however we need yeah. to. Yeah. Well, that was, so that, that's my, that's, that was my recent experience. My recent example on this was I had a, um, a student whose family's belief system um, was that she wasn't good at math, you know? <clears throat> and the family's, student, not just the student, but the family's belief system. Correct. Ooh, that is a tough correct. one. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. So, so I had to, I, I, you know, I really need to subtract that belief from the student right now, you know, right. that's, that's step one because right. um, it just absolutely limits our ability to improve. Gosh, I wish... It's so funny. I, I've told this story a couple of times. I can't remember if I've told it on this podcast okay. or not, but um, the, you know, the parent at some point, the kid, the kid went from, the kid improved from five, by five points on the ACT math. Which is um, like, that's a categorical change. That's not, that's not exactly. the student got better. That's the student now looks like a different person to someone reading the scores. Yes. Yeah. And exactly. And, and if you know, exactly. If you know stats, you can say, oh yeah, that's an improvement that is, you know, double the, margin of error and therefore it means it's different yeah um and despite that improvement the parent said um at well you know the math is what it is aptitude is aptitude oh you you have and mentioned I that just, before oh, but now you're giving boy. us more context yeah no that's did i mention that yeah yeah, you yeah, did. yeah but but now with this additional context it's like yeah that's that's a place where like and i think you mentioned that you wanted to you wanted to pull the parent aside and like have a conversation later about it and i think that's that's not only in bounds that's your responsibility at that point Right, and you're not. You don't need to get inside the parent psyche, but you can spell out for the parent. Yeah. It's like, look, he, you know, here is the belief system that I'm perceiving in this context. Here is the effect that it's having. Right. Here's a different choice you would that you could make, and here's the effect it right. will have if you choose it. Yeah. And this this is drawing us back to the actual topic, which is um, what I was trying to do in that one situation. And this is not. This is you know. Don't, don't be scared. I'm not trying to do this with, you know, in, in almost every tutoring situation <laughs> yeah, of, of all time. But I was trying to like help create some systemic change within this family. Yeah. Um, you know, because we, because the, you know, in order for the kid to improve and believe that she can improve, she needed to have a different, live in a different sort of belief system. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, that that's a very high level, very specific goal um, that, you know, is is not under the umbrella of content knowledge or approach to a math problem. You know right. what I mean? Like this is emotional and psychological. You know, way something something totally totally different. So, and um, thankfully, and thankfully, um, the the time honored principle "fake it till you make it" applies here. Right? It's mm -hmm. not. It's not that. It's not that the parents need to believe something different. It's that they need to pretend for a month that they believe something different. And mm. if after believing it for a month and looking at the data of what it does to their kid causes mm -hmm. them to change some future behaviors, hey, that's great too, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's an interesting uh, 
I, I like that. Um, that comes back to the coaching, tutoring, you know, uh, you know, therapy distinction I, w- I was pointing to. Yeah. Like, do you want them to actually believe it? And do you want them to actually believe it now? Do you want to convince <laughs> but them? But you said yourself, right? All, all that matters now? is the outcome, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a fun, that's such a funny one though. I mean, I, this is really weird. I don't know if I actually feel that way. I okay. think I believe that the process is a good process will lead to a better outcome. I believe that when you run the process in the correct way, the outcome will be uh, a better one and we'll see what it is. But I, I don't think you should ever originate from the, you can have the end goal, but I don't think you should be thinking about the end goal as you do the work. Because I think what you're no. doing is you're adapting how you, how you work and how you think in productive and thoughtful and organized ways that are e- maximally efficient for the goal you're trying to achieve. You know what I mean? But you don't fixate on the goal. You fixate on the, the, the methods of getting there, you know? That's, and then you will get there. That's something my colleague and good friend and former business partner, Justin Seigers, was very, um, uh, very wise to recognize very early on in our partnership. We, we did an SAT prep mm-hmm. company um, many years ago. He's, he's still... Um, <clears throat> working there. Um, j- just it's called Bodsat. Bodsat, yeah, B-O-D-S-A-T, yeah. bodsat.com. Um, name originally came from Bodhisattva, those who oh. learn but do not pass on to the next plane, but rather stay behind to help others was the idea. Yeah, you know, we're in, wow. we're in Northern California, man, so we're allowed to do stuff like that. <laughs> anyway, um, he, he really pointed out that, it, you know, if you're focused on the goal, you're going to be thinking about how you're doing relative to the goal. And none, like it's, it's it's just not it's not maximally productive or in some cases it's not productive mm-hmm. at all it's like your goal is to focus on what you are doing right now and how you could get better at it because if you are constantly doing better in the moment you will have a hard time avoiding reaching your goal you know what i mean yeah 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 i i, I couldn't agree more and uh it's it's kind of it, it it feels like magic in a way yeah you know um and and also it's in some cases, you're developing skills that are test specific. Sure, you know that are like you know like, and, and I'll I'll tell kids that you know um, I'll basically say, hey, I want you to learn this thing. I want you to do it this way. As of one p.m. on Saturday of the day that you take the test, I want you to forget you ever learned it um, <laughs> because it's not going to serve you in life. But here's some other things that will serve you. Yeah, you know here are some here are some gifts for a lifetime that you can take away from this. Well, that's one of the beautiful things about, if I may plug it again, your, your five minute course, yeah. of which there's a longer version, mm-hmm. of course, is, you know, s- some of the things that you need for these tests are, are very test specific. And, you know, mm-hmm. from your, from your, dare I say, lofty perspective, right? You can sort of, you can just sort of list those off on, you know, the fingers of your left hand pretty easily. And so, mm-hmm. you know, someone can spend five minutes and be like, oh, that's the game we're playing here. Oh, that's the the way this works. And it's, you know, Super helpful. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. That's 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 an interesting way of thinking of it because it's it's um, <laughs> there are different lenses w- through which to see you know tests or or, or um, you know academic challenges. Sure. And the, the the point of the five minute version courses is to um, provide like the three most useful uh, about three per per subject yep. lenses. You know. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's basically like you know. It, think of these questions this way. Yep. Think of these questions this way. Um, you know, and, and then you, you can go 
steeper after that, right? It's like it only takes five minutes to learn that stuff, and that's fantastic. And it's you know the the benefit of that is kind of greater on the whole than you know the benefit of any one individual lesson after that, right? It's like sure. oh yeah, then I, I can teach you about commas. I will teach you about commas. Um, it'll only help you on the comma questions. But um, and actually, that's sorry. That's actually one of the three one of the three <laughs> lessons. So something um, like you need to get more um, semicolons. Sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, or, or, you know, possessive apostrophes or whatever. Sure. It's like one, you know, um, you're going to get benefit out of that too. But it's it's basically like, let me, the, the point of those classes is to show you that I'm thinking about optimal ways to look at these tests, you yeah. know, efi- efficient ways, but um, ways that hopefully are, you know, recognizable and thoughtful and, and, and that allow you to understand too the nature of the test, right? Like, um, I shared an example in this podcast about um, sort of like a, a math memorization technique where it was basically, I, you know, I had this one kid who could not do ratios and he, I, I told him, okay, whenever you see a ratio question, you do this, this, and this, and you don't ask any questions, you just do it. Yeah, right. Um, and it just never worked. It just never landed. It just never played. Um, and I think it was because he didn't understand the why you know, okay. um, and there, there, there could have been questions where it lined up just exactly the way that it needed to line up. Yeah. But if you understand the, the, the reason behind, you can start to kind of sh- mildly shape your strategic approach, you know? Oh, yeah, um, for sure. So it's, so it's not sort of like a, you know, a, a single, a single minded, um, you know, like robotic approach. You know, it's funny. Um, um I'll throw something out there. Um, it occurs to me that I wonder if we do things opposite from each other here. Um, mm. To paint with a broad brush, the higher up the score ladder a student is, mm-hmm. the more, the the broader my advice tends to be. I mean, there are specifics, you know, at every score, you know, for every, you know, from 18 to 21, from 21 to 24, from, you know, there are specific things that go in there. But I feel like when I'm working with a student who's sort of closer to the average score, then it's sort of, it, it tends to be more tactical. And as they climb the score ladder, it, be, mm. it becomes more about the why. It becomes more about the what's really going on here. Because, mm. and I think, I think that's because in, in sort of the middle of the score range, anything I say, right, if I'm, if I'm going to talk about commas, it's going to show up, right, on multiple questions on every single test that the student takes, right? There's going to be a, mm. lot of, a lot of value there. Whereas if you're trying to get from a 34 to a 36, like, I'm not going to be able to give you the encyclopedia of every possible thing that you might encounter for that one last question that you would otherwise have trouble answering. But I can give you sort of broad strokes, here's the reason behind it, here's the way the test is constructed, here's the kinds of stuff that tends to happen, so that you can make good judgments, not only on the test, but as you're practicing. When you hit something novel, you have a framework for sort of, you know, gleaning some wisdom from that sort of oddball question that you can then deploy later. So let, let me kick it back to you. Does that does that ring true for sure. you? Is it backwards to, from your perspective? <laughs> yes, it's totally different. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 and there, there are... Aspects that I that I I agree with, and I think that there are there there can be tendencies within score groups, um, and you you might teach <clears throat> you might teach the kid who gets, I, I think you generally will teach the student who starts with a twenty one differently than the way you teach a student who gets a thirty four, you know, on the sure. way in, and we're talking about a test that's out of thirty six, right, 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 you know that that's the difference between the fiftieth percentile and the the ninety nine point four fourth percentile, yeah, um, so. That said, there's there are lots of different ways to earn 
a low score and a high score, and there are lots of different ways to go from a 34 to a 36. So, oh, all um, right. you know, um, it could be... <clears throat> I should I should acknowledge at this point that while I have some experience doing this, you have a lot more experience doing this, and you have an experience doing it across a broader range of starting scores. So I'm, you know, I'm... I'm <laughs> and this is the only thing that I do, basically. You know? <laughs> Whereas it's one of the things that I do. And so, yeah, it, may, it makes perfect sense that I'd be the journeyman here and you'd be the expert. Um, well, I, I, you know, I, the thing I would say is that the, um, for a student who's trying to get from a 34 to a 36, often the thing we're working on is accuracy, um, is basically just, uh, you know, how do you know you got the question right? Mm. That's the important thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I find accuracy comes up a lot in those contexts, but I tend to take sort of a more, it's totally funny because I'm trained as an engineer and yet I, I take a more nutty, nutty, crunchy approach to it of really trying to break down, okay, what's going on here? Um, but I, I really do like that idea of just focusing right at the outset of like, how can you know? Because that's a, that's a piece of being accurate is determining whether more effort here in this question is called for or not. I like that a lot. Yeah. And, and that's a skill, well, <clears throat> That's the metacognition thing, yeah. you know. That that's the being aware of your own thinking. Right. Um, that I, I'm a big believer in it and the value of it. Um, I kind of want to cultivate it. I do want to cultivate it in all my students. I think the higher level students are readier for it and do it more often. Um, and there probably is a correlation between the fact that they do it and that they're doing a good job on the tests yeah. out of the gates. Yeah. yeah. Well, that much we certainly have in common. Uh, that, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. And, and that's, that's part of why I say, as you do, right, that there, there are some parts of this work that translate to the rest of your life. It's, it's partly because if you're more aware of your own thinking, you know, not in an anxious or not neurotic way, but if it's a tool in your toolkit that you can examine your own process internally, you know, I'm, I'm, that's the person I'm going to bet on to be more capable in general. No doubt. No doubt. Um, I want to make sure that we've exhausted this Plato thing yeah, so I yeah. can put no. it behind me. Oh, yeah, no, um, no, no, we should definitely you know, jump in there. This is, I have an emotional need here um, <laughs> to get rid of this thing. Let us address um, that. <laughs> no, I mean, I, so, you know, you know, I might actually, maybe this is the issue. Maybe this is my problem with Plato scratch things in the dirt <laughs> is that <laughs> it's, you know, that, that sentence doesn't describe what he scratched in the dirt. You know what I mean? So, um, well, okay. Uh, sorry, I'm interrupting. Go ahead. Well, let me see. Yeah. So, so, you know, Pythagoras was, you know, scratching triangles also. I think he, I remember that being in sand. <laughs> um, um, it just depends on the soil structure and, you know, wherever you're teaching. Um, it really doesn't matter if it's a smart board or a chalkboard or a dry erase board, whatever it is, you know, is, is, and it kind of, in a way, doesn't really matter what the inform what the information is, um, but so but 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 how you know you communicate it and and the the purpose of communicating it, um, you know. But Pythagoras was, you know, well, you know, it's interesting. Pythagoras is not known as a teacher. Pythagoras is known as a theorist, <laughs> which is a big difference for sure. Um, you know, the, the the theorist is the person who comes up with the idea that's useful, um, not necessarily the person who teaches it. So yeah, Pythagoras was just drawing triangles most likely. Yeah. But what was Plato scratching? So I think the reason that this shows up on our spreadsheet in the first place is that, gosh, there's a lot of money and attention being put into how teaching is done well. And yet we have some pretty clear evidence that 2000 years ago, they had a pretty good idea how it worked, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. to me, th this is really about taking attention off the new shiny bell and whistle that allows 
a classroom teacher to blah, 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 and gets right back to basics, which is that teaching is not, in some sense, rocket science, right? It is pretty straightforward. And and yet, well, it's, it's not rocket science to us in the same way that teaching 30 people at once is straightforward to an experienced classroom teacher. And it's something that, you know, I don't have that skill, right? Um, right. Uh, That's interesting. Uh, and, and it's just, it's just come back to basics, right? Like bottom line, like, and, and I don't mean to say that what we do is easier, that what a classroom teacher does is easier, that parenting is easy. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm saying that they're all learnable, right? You can become good in those particular contexts and it's not magic. Um, and you know, what the heck there, you know, th there are a lot of tools that have helped all those different teachers become better that, you know, uh, Plato didn't have access to, right? He didn't have a an iPhone telling him when to show up for a student lesson like we do. Um, but um, I, I guess there's another piece of it too, which is, and we talked about this the other day, is that Plato presumably spent hours thinking deeply about stuff, whereas you and I are embedded in environments where it's much more difficult to think deeply about stuff. You know, I haven't read any of Faulkner's works, but I know how to change the settings on your iPhone. It's like, well, I mean, you know, that's a choice, right? Like maybe I'd be better off, you know, um, if I didn't have uh, so many different, anyway, uh, perhaps that's been- Well, no, that's, uh, you know, that, uh, there's, a, there's a lot there. I mean, I, I, I think the, I think the differentiation that you made between uh, rocket science and, uh, did you say common sense or what was it? I don't remember what um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, to, to me, the difference there is actually between um, something that is, you know, specific and arcane and technical mm -hmm. and something that's humane. Because I think that's the characteristic, for me, that's the characteristic of good teaching right. that is essential. And now we're talking, we were talking about yeah. teaching and tutoring and coaching and therapy and blah, 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 blah. And all that sort of pales in comparison to the distinction you're raising here. And I think when that stuff's done well, it's, because it's humane, you know, it's because the person is seeing you as, uh, you know, um, and understanding you as a human and then relating yeah. to you at, at that level. Um, that, that component is essential. And I think that, yep, yeah, I mean, Plato clearly was thinking deeply, but I think um, he was also relating information in a way that was cogent and accessible to the fellow human, you know? Um, that to me is the advantage of tutoring is meeting the person as a person, you know, and, and helping them in that context. You're going to be hard pressed to write an app that empowers people to do that outside yes. their own. Yeah. Yes. Uh -huh. Yes. I mean, and, and we have both tried, you know, we both are trying. Um, yeah. actually, you know, it's funny that, 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 you know, we're, we're near the, the we? end of the podcast oh, here right. anyway. So, but this, the, you know, but what's funny about that is that uh, this, this will tell a story that will get me into the, you know, little tiny bit of promotion that I want to do anyway. Okay. Um, I had this class, I had this online class, right? And I, I still, I still have an online class, but it, the structure of it has changed. Okay. So initially it was all of my curriculum, uh, curricula um, in video lessons. And I was pretty excited about it because it was me, you know, I'm, it's me on camera teaching this stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think I thought that was sort of humane, but the presentation of it was not humane at all. Mm. It was basically the equivalent of a book, um, just a stack of chapters 
with very little instruction or guidance in terms of how to use it, hmm. right? So you'd kind of you'd kind of flip through it, and maybe you'd see something and say, "Oh, yeah, that's a topic I don't know all that well. I should I should investigate. I should, yeah. you know, I, I should learn about that." And and some students probably did that, and other students just saw this long list and they were like, "I don't know what to do with this," and didn't do anything. Hmm. So then I added in some more structure, which was you know a a, a, a tiny bit of humanity, which was putting it on a four week calendar Mm -hmm. basically say hey you got four weeks here's what you do week one Mm -hmm. so that's beneficial but here's the thing i did after that Mm. that makes it more humane is i added in two hours of classroom time with me each week yeah which adds in um some accountability which is a total human impulse right just basically i'm not going to do this but if someone else expects me to do it then i will yeah um and some empathy and compassion and reflection. Um, and the only difference, the only difference in those courses is the amount of humanity that you get, the amount, the amount of attention paid to you as, a, um, as an individual that I think makes you better at, at, at getting the work done. You know, the content is the same. You know, I've added yeah. a little bit of content. It's presentation that has changed. By the way, those are SAT and ACT Bootcamp and SAT and ACT Bootcamp Pro mm-hmm. <laughs> all on the web, tutorted.com. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's the that, that's the secret sauce. But the, yeah, and that's... Ma- make it more humane. That's yeah. an important distinction. I mean, that's an important part of what makes a tutor or a coach different from, let's say, well, no, I don't want to say different from a teacher because there are some, ext- like there are teachers whose sort of core humanity is their superpower. So, and, you know, that's pretty common actually. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'll, ju- I'll just say then that... Um, the notion that you changed the effectiveness of these courses so much without changing their so-called content really speaks to the core truth that that we're trying to get at here, which is that, mm-hmm. you know, the thing that you're trying to learn is just a piece of the whole thing. Like what mm-hmm. makes you a great tutor isn't that you know more ACT Arcana than the next guy, right? No, it's, no doubt, that's not it. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know your stuff cold, but there's so much more to it than that because you're a human trying to help another human, you know, do better in a particular context. That makes perfect sense to me. And I'm so sure that you're, I mean, and I'd be curious to hear how, how you, you know, if you want to take a shot at explaining a little bit of how, how you do that too, it's sure. like, you're not, you're not teaching a rote approach to problems. No, no, no. Uh, so the, the puzzler podcast, westcarol.com slash puzzler, right. That's, um, that's all about just giving parents and kids an excuse to talk through some hard problems. And like the, the original, uh, a, a piece of what I was thinking when I first started doing that was I want to have like a prepackaged excuse for kids to see their parents sweat because it's just like, it's so powerful, right? Mm-hmm. To see your parent not know the answer to this thing and to realize, oh, the struggle mm-hmm. I've been having, that's not because mm-hmm. I'm doing it wrong. Like that's part of the process is struggling. And to see a parent sort of struggling with it gracefully and having some fun with it. I think some kids find that to be like, kind of, you know, kind of blows their mind of like, wait a minute, is that mm-hmm. how I'm supposed to be doing this? And it's like, yeah, that's how you're supposed to be doing it, right? Um, and then obviously in some of the solutions that I, I, I publish, I'm trying to sort of, you know, give people the sense that like, there's not just one way to do these things, right? There's multiple ways. And then with the, um, it, it's totally funny to hear you talk about this course because um, I had a very closely analogous course uh, for the math two subject test, which is no more. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and like you, I iterated it through several different cycles and each time sort of made it more humane, made it more approachable, made it more structured, made it, you know, all those things. 
then they pulled the test on me. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm using- a, I've had that experience, if it makes you feel any better. Yeah, you know, actually yeah. it does, I appreciate that. The, the funny thing is that my current AMC course, American Math Competition prep course, is, is like super, super narrow. Um, it's, it's all about, uh, it, it's totally funny, right? In order to do well on this exam, m- much like the ACT, there are certain things you need to know. It's just that on mm-hmm. the AMC, the number of things you need to know is, is to be fair larger. And so this time around, I've partnered up with the folks at achievable.me and, um, and, and now I, I have a course that's all about, look, here's the content acquisition part. I'm not even trying to make it particularly humane. I'm just trying mm-hmm. to make it as easy and smooth as possible for someone to get that stuff. And then I will handle all the humane parts, right? Like I, I'm happy to coach someone through all that stuff. It's just like, look, you got to know all this stuff. I'm making it as easy as I possibly can because there's some memorization involved. And it turns out technology is good at helping you memorize. Um, and so the different, sure. different things need different applications. Sh- but you know what's ironic about that is that when you point to that and say, and say here's the content learning part, that's humane. That's humane to say that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because then they see it and they're like, oh, I understand. This is the part that's going to be sort of laborious and, right. and t- time consuming and taxing, but I'm just going to get through it because then we'll get to the fun stuff soon. Yeah, exactly. And I've stripped it down as much as it can be stripped down. Like, you know, it, it, this mm-hmm. would take a very long time any other way, but this way, you know, it's 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 gamified. It's sort of chunked out in a way that it, does, it doesn't ever feel like it. I mean, it's, it's as much of a chore as brushing your teeth, right? It's just like, we're just going to routinize doing these certain things and it's going to handle all the details, that kind of thing. Um, that's so great. Yeah, I love great. that. I, I just love the fact that the even sharing, like ha- having the metaphor of this, it's like brushing your teeth. That's humane. That makes it easier to learn this stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and I think we do we do this stuff without realizing we're doing it. I don't mean to like be. And I, I'm speaking about all educators who are professional and thoughtful when I say that. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. It's 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 funny. I. I, I'm I'm really sticking to this humane thing that mm-hmm. like that's the key that's the secret to being a good educator is is just you know meeting someone as a person regardless of what you're teaching. Could not agree more. If you would like to have a humane discussion with the human with whom I am talking, you should go to tutorshead.com where uh, you will be given instructions for or uh, an easy access point to to talk with Ted. If you would like to learn how to solve math problems, Ooh. but become a better human being Ooh. in the process, go to westcarol.com. Um, that's two R's and two L's in Carol. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been doing, this is our 11th episode of this podcast thus far, and uh, I couldn't be happier to be doing it. I couldn't be happier to be having a conversation with this guy. So um, let that let that speak volumes for, for I don't know, what I, what I think of him, you know. I hope you agree with me. Oh, I, I, I like my job a lot, but... Uh but I'd rather keep doing this than get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I agree with that. I have a light week this week, so yeah. Oh, that's good. But, uh, we'll get back to it soon now, I'm sure. That sounds good. Yeah. And it's great to talk to you as always, Ted. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Wes. Thanks for hanging with us. Click subscribe, ring the bell, tell a friend, leave a comment. You know the drill.